Yo, yo, yo. How are we? This is me, Barry, going to do my first, could be my last podcast. We'll call it Barry's Bands for the Buzz. So today I have the one and only Jordan Syatt. So I met Jordan this year. He came over to do a seminar in my gym. I was lucky enough to have him over. So we're back in touch and let's go for it. Boom, we're on. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. Legend. Hell yeah, man. It's you your were, first one? Yeah, you're my first one. There we go. <laughs> I mean, a start big. <laughs> so how are you? How are things getting on? Dude, things are good. Things are good. I want to make sure that my... Uh... Hold on. No, hold on. All right, now I just changed. Can you still hear me? Oh, I can see oh, much better. <laughs> yeah, wanted to make sure my, my microphone was on. Perfect. Now it's going to be much better audio. Um, things are good, man. I'm in New York. Just was telling you before we hit record that it's absolute insanity here. Uh, it's calmed down over the last couple days, which is great, but still insanity. So yeah. fortunately, I'm healthy and, and everything is good on that front. So how are you? I'm good, yeah. Um, I've been freaking out about this all day. <laughs> Why, man? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to chat away to anyone, but just coming on here, it's kind of that thing. Um, if I hadn't said it to you a few weeks ago, I would have totally backed out. Only you said, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh, God, now I have to go through with it. <laughs> Did you think I was going to say no? I don't know. I was hoping you wouldn't reply. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, ah, he won't reply. He's too busy. And then you were like, so, yeah, make it happen. I was like, so oh, you've no, literally set up an entire podcast just because I said yes. Yeah. Wow, that's so, all. That makes see, me super happy. See the effect you have on people. <laughs> that makes me super. That's a hundred percent worth it. Then, man, I'm gonna have to share this so people can learn about your it's, podcast. Because now we're gonna have to hold you accountable so you do podcasts consistently. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's the whole accountability thing, isn't it? If if I didn't put myself out there with you, it wouldn't have happened at all. Yeah. yeah it's so funny. Literally, someone just asked me the other day in a Q&A, they were like, what would it take to, to, get, to get you on my podcast? And I'm like, email me. <laughs> that, like, you're that easy. <laughs> Right. People. Yeah. I'm super easy, man. I, 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 I don't, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that it's very difficult to get people on a podcast. I I'll go on for, with anybody. I, I didn't realize it was a difficult thing. I can understand like if you're trying to get like a, a super famous individual yeah, or like yeah. someone, but like a personal trainer are you kidding me <laughs> like <laughs> that's it's ridiculous true, yeah. i don't care how many followers a personal trainer has you're still you're a personal trainer relax it's not like you're the president or like the prime minister or anything like not yet <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there um we had you over in february over to my gym for a seminar and god we were actually lucky to get you over looking back at all this now but one of the biggest things that um, that came across that day, for me personally anyway, is kind of what a lot of what I tell my clients is you can't fuck this up. Yeah. Can you just elaborate on that? Like I know myself, but for, for anyone listening. Yeah. I mean, basically, I realized very early on in my coaching career that 
consistency was the major issue, that consistency was the main reason people weren't succeeding. It wasn't that they didn't have the best training program. It wasn't that they didn't know generally what to do for nutrition. It was that they weren't being consistent with whatever it was they were trying to do. Now, there are clear issues. Like It's very difficult to be consistent when you're trying to use diarrhea teas in order to reach your weight loss goals, or when you're using detoxes, or you're like doing a seven-day rapid fat, whatever it is. Like, yeah, consistency is the major issue though. And I realized, so and the only reason I realized this is because it's actually very interesting. I think there are clear benefits of in-person coaching and I think there are clear benefits of online coaching. Yeah. I think one of the major benefits of online coaching is the interaction that you have via email. Um, with in-person coaching, the clear benefit is you're right there. You can see the technique. You can keep them safe. The issue is, number one, most people are not going to be coaching in person every day or four times a week. They'll be there maybe one or two times a week, three if you're lucky, and again, 45 minutes to an hour max. The majority of that time is really spent coaching them, not diving into what's going on mentally or emotionally. Yeah. A little bit here and there, but it's not the majority of the session. Online, when you're getting emails with someone back and forth on a day-to-day -day basis, you start to get an opportunity for them to open up to you and to talk to you and to tell you what's going on in their home life and their personal life and their work life, stressors, anxieties, all of this stuff. And I realized very early on that people were quote unquote screwing up, that they were going out to dinner on a Friday night with their friends and friends and family. They were at a birthday party. They were whatever it is. And they ate more than they thought they should eat. They ate past their calorie limit, whatever it is. And they would email me and they'd be like, I screwed everything up. I messed it up. Or what will happen is they would do that. Then they would, they would go missing for a week. They wouldn't talk yeah. to me. They wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't check in. And finally, once I got them to email, I'd be like, well, listen, I just felt really bad because I messed up. And then after I messed up, I just like sort of went off the rails. And I realized people were using I fucked up as a justification to keep fucking up. People going, were yeah. using, like, I screwed up to say, well, yeah, I already ruined my progress, so what's the point? And then they go off track, whether it's for another day or two days or seven days or seven months, whatever it is. And then they get to a point in which they're like, all right, I got to call BS on myself again. And then they go back into the cycle of overly restricting, overly limiting until they can't do it anymore. And then they screw up. And then so the cycle continues. So for me, I remember I made a video in 2012 for my online coaching clients the title of which was you can't fuck this up. And I have, I have a whole like video course that I would send all of my coaching clients. Yeah. And that was the very first one they got the very first. Well, actually the first one was welcome to the coaching program. The second one was you can't fuck this up. And it, it was that important to me because they had to know from the very beginning that I didn't care if they went over their calories by 3000. I don't care if they missed a week of working out. It's impossible to screw up as long as you don't quit. And for me, I think it's been one of the most transformative, transformative ideas as a coach to get people to understand because the more people realize that they didn't screw up, the more consistent they're going to be. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, because I, I actually have it written up on that wall now in my gym straight across. I love that. You can't fuck this up. <laughs> but like That's you, were awesome. saying, you were saying it's great when they understand it, but how for some people they find it hard to understand or hard to get into the fact that okay, it's not too bad. I went over my calories today. I'll just get back on track tomorrow. Some people go to hell with it, like you said, or they might do the other and go, do you know what? I'm going to detox now for four days and then I'll go back. Yep. Just relax, get back on track. How would you approach, 
or explain to them so or can, or it, can you it's it's funny yeah there are many ways to discuss this usually when i would first send them that video or i would first say like you can't fuck this up the initial response would always be oh you don't know how badly i can fuck it up it's always <laughs> like, like you haven't seen me eat i'll show so you i sort of built i I, I built that into my my video. I built that into my course being like, listen, I'm going to say something and you're not going to believe what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you that you can't fuck this up. And you might be thinking right now, you have no idea how badly I can fuck yeah. this up. And if that's what you're thinking, shut up and listen very closely because I'm talking directly to you. You can't screw this up. It doesn't matter. And so basically that's number one. I have to address that right from the beginning. And them knowing that I've had this conversation before instills a little bit more confidence because if I didn't know they were going to say that and they said it and I was sort of taken aback by that response, it wouldn't do very well. Yeah. But because I say it and then I say, and by the way, if your response to that is this, shut up and listen close. Now they're like, okay, he's had this conversation before. He knows this what is he's talking about. Rodeo. He might actually know what he's talking about. Um, so then what I've noticed is there are many people who, even though they know it logically, emotionally still get very upset by when they go over their calories, whatever it is. And so there's a progression to this, right? So just like with an exercise, you have a progression of how to progress someone from a kettlebell deadlift to a snatch grip deadlift, right? It's going to take a long time to progress them there. Yeah. So same thing with this, you have a progression where initially someone, you tell them they can't fuck up. They're like, okay, cool. Then they have a birthday party weekend where they eat way too much. They lose their mind and they're like, oh my God, I screwed everything up. I ruined everything. It's over. Da, da, da. What do you do? The first response is to always be very kind and understanding. Let them talk. Let them express how they're feeling and essentially reiterate your message. Let yeah. them know they didn't screw it up. It's okay. Let's get back on track. Da, da, da. And I would say that's what you do, I'd say, for the following two to four times that they react that way. After that amount of time, a considerable number of people will no longer react that way because they got back on track. They saw that their progress continued and now they know it and it's not an issue. There will be a smaller percentage of people who continue to act that way. And that's when you need to change the approach. And I've realized that if you just continually coddle someone, it's okay, you're going to be fine. Then oftentimes you're giving these people what they're not getting in their day-to-day -day life. You're giving them someone, you're listening to them, you're being very kind to them, you're, you're letting them be open and vulnerable, and they might not have that in their day-to-day -day life. So when you do that perpetually in response to that, oftentimes subconsciously, they will keep doing it just so you can say, no, 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 you're great, you're awesome, you're doing because it yeah. feels good to be called that. You can't go on like that forever. So generally, after about four times or so, you have to change your approach, and you have to say, listen, I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love right now, and it's because I love you. I need you to know that the way you're reacting to this is inappropriate. It's not okay. Now, you're freaking amazing. You've put in a lot of work. You're putting in a ton of effort, and I believe in you probably more than you believe in you. Yeah. But you can't continue to react this way because if you do, then you'll allow yourself to believe that you're actually screwing up. And that's when we have a big issue. So going forward, if you react this way, I'm going to come down a little bit harder on you because we can't tolerate this. Just you can't because you have so much ability and potential and I can't because I just can't allow you to speak that way about yourself.
now you've set a, a very strong precedent. They didn't get what they were looking for. They didn't get the coddling. They got a little bit of tough love and they have a little practical, practical advice on how to move forward. By this point, the vast majority of people will not react that way again. They will understand it. They'll take some time to think about it and they'll be more logical and move forward. Again, there will be a small percentage of people who continue to react that way. And that just go. I think that's one of the hardest parts as a coach to learn is that you're not gonna be able to help everybody. And not everybody is in a place in which they're ready, willing, or able to change. And that's okay. Your job is to try and help as many people as you can who are ready, willing, and able to change. And if you can, progress people along those stages of change to get them ready, willing, and able to change. But of course, no matter what, there will be some people who just, they're not ready to do it. And that's okay. That's brilliant, yeah. Because um, that's basically what I would do with most people. I'd say a lot of my clients would maybe say that I'm nearly too nice to them. So maybe I need to, <laughs> yeah. I need to throw in a bit of tough love after every now and again to shake things up a bit yeah it's super important people people are it's sort of like kids right kids kids who have strict parents it depends on how strict they are if you have super strict parents like overly strict and incredibly rigid and they don't let you live your life at all that's a bad thing but if you have parents who do nothing and they're just like ah do whatever you want doesn't matter that's also really bad the yeah. bet the kids who appreciate their parents the most and have the best results of, of parenting is the parents who set firm boundaries who are strict they do hold their children accountable they don't just let them gallivant off and do anything and everything they want the the best parents are the ones who have that fine line of listen i love you no matter what but i'm also going to hold you to a very high standard and we're going to like work in between these two pillars Brilliant, yeah. So I'm like their father figure, really. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's it's, it's like, also with, about with my jujitsu coach. I was just like with my jujitsu coach. He has no problem telling me that I'm putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort, but he also has no problem telling me when I make a sloppy mistake. Like literally earlier today, he, I made a mistake that I've made a bunch of times. And after it, he looked at me, he was like, that is the last time you're allowed to make that mistake. I was just like, all right, now I'm going to think about it a lot more. Yeah. I'm going to go slowly. I'm not going to try and go fast. It was just like, when, if they just only coddle you, then it's just like you lose a lot of the, the desire or motivation or whatever it is to actually live up to your true potential. When they show you tough love, in a, in a good way, it allows you to get better. Yeah, yeah. It kind of pushes them on a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's about, it's all kind of, I suppose, it, tying in with that, it's about that healthy relationship with the scales. Then they probably learn that along the way. Because um, I used to always tell people, I don't want you weighing in every day because you'll have yourself driven insane. But then talking to you at the seminar and listening to you, you're very pro weighing in every day but once you have the mindset that yes it will fluctuate so i've started doing that now with people certain people like some people react well to it some yeah. people don't um so could you like elaborate a little bit on how you're actually you're doing a little cut now at the moment aren't you yeah how are you yeah. doing I'm, <laughs> I'm doing well i'm about three and a half four pounds down in about four weeks so just under a pound a week on average, which I'm super excited about. It's like very sustainable, very yeah. easy. I mean, 
and you had you had um yeah you had a couple of drinks and pizza within that as well isn't it so you weren't yeah yeah i've been drinking probably i've been drinking probably two to four nights a week at least that's my Um, boy (laughs) 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 not like getting wasted but usually like two to three glasses of wine and uh enjoying myself um but one of the things that i did during the big mac challenge that was the most surprising to me was the effect of showing my weight every day the impact that it had on people i i did not anticipate people react that positively and emotionally to my weigh-ins every day from that and so that's something that i've really taken from that initial experiment and that i continuously try and do in other experiments so right now i'm doing this mini cut and i'm like all right i'll I'll weigh in every single day and you'll see exactly what happens. You'll see the, like people are freaking out at the fluctuations. People go nuts. When I have a big spike up, people are like, Oh my God. I've had people be like, like I've had people be like two, two different, uh, three different reactions. Number one is the people who know how this works and know the fluctuations are like, Oh, nice. Got it. I spiked today too. Blah, blah. The two other reactions are number one. Um, I don't think this is working. Like the people who say, I don't see the difference. Like <laughs> they look at the scale and they're like, uh, I mean, it looks like you're maintaining. And, and I'll say, I always say like, just give it two or three more weeks until we have more data yeah. and then tell me what you think then. I literally just got a message yesterday from someone who messaged me within the first week saying, it's not working. Like, what are you doing? And she messaged me again yesterday. She was like, I wasn't a believer at first, but now I'm a believer. Also, by the way, what's the app you're using to track your weight? the the other response that people say is if i was you and i had my weight spike up that much i would have quit like i would have quit right now just seeing that spike people tell me they get anxiety when they see my weight spike which is very interesting like there's a lot of emotion around this so for me on a large scale level i've realized a number of things like a lot of the people who say you should never weigh yourself every day you should either you should never weigh yourself or don't weigh yourself every day. The people who say you should never weigh yourself usually say things like the scale doesn't define you, whatever, like you shouldn't use it because it doesn't define you. And I'm always like, well, that's a very faulty form of logic because if we're only going to do things that define who we are as human beings, that's a very tricky path to go down because I mean, for example, the, the, however, however much weight you deadlift, doesn't define who you are as a person. If you can deadlift 200 pounds, it doesn't make you any better of a person than someone who can deadlift 190 pounds. Yeah. Right. It's like whatever defines you has very little to do with these numbers in our lives, but that doesn't mean tracking these numbers isn't beneficial and helpful to keep us on track and accountable and consistent. So for me, I like showing people what I'm doing because I've realized the more I show people my weigh-ins, the more it will desensitize them to their way, which I'm super excited about because the more I can get people seeing it as just data and tracking it without emotion, the better. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they do become obsessed with the scales and, and the number. And I don't know where, maybe it's years of just being taught the wrong thing throughout childhood or growing up. Um, But it is, it's scale scales and i'm trying to tell them sometimes like the scales is a great indicator at times but the yep. measurements how you feel and um, your body fat but the body fat then is it's hard to measure a lot of but basically yeah 
how you feel and the measurements with the scales and then strength. They're it's, my it's main funny. four. I've gotten a bunch of messages from mathematicians, from people who like, they do math as their job. And they, they laugh because they're like, number one, I've never thought of my weight in this way. But they also say, I love that you're talking about it as data. And I love that you're telling people to get data more often because there are other people who say, just weigh yourself once a week. And if you only weigh yourself once a week, you're getting very minimal num amounts of data. You're not getting a lot of data. You're only getting four data points per month. That doesn't tell you a lot. You benefit way more from 30 data points per month than four because when you get 30 yeah. data points you can actually track the variations you can track your your uh your uh your fluctuations and you can start to predict them in the future not to mention i mean if you look at anyone's fluctuations including mine you'll see sometimes i'll go up four pounds one day just rent spike up four yeah. pounds not because i not even because i ate like an asshole not because i ate a ton more sometimes yes but sometimes just because our body is not static in nature. It is dynamic. It's always changing. There are many factors that influence our weight far outside of simply fat. So if you can track every day, you're far more likely to see the trend as opposed to like literally today, there's a, there's an, uh, an option on the application that I use, which is called weight gurus. And they don't even know that I'm not getting paid. It's just, it's the one that I use. Yeah. Um, it's super, it's, there's a really cool function on the app where you can see your, not only your data points day to day, but it draws a trend line for you. So you can see at the end of a month or a week or three weeks or a month or six months where your actual trend line is going without the spikes and valleys. And uh, if you only get four data points over the course of a month and the data points are all or close to like on spike days, then it might literally show straight across. But if you get 30 data points, it will take way more into account so you can actually see the truth of the, of the data and what your average actually is. Yeah, because I was just about to bring that up actually because you had it up, was it yesterday? Your trend after you had your, your way for pizza and a couple of drinks when you had yeah. to go to work. And it was, yeah, there was spikes every now and again, but over the three weeks, you had come down significantly so kind of, yeah so it's it's the longer picture really isn't it staying on track through the ups and downs it's one of the things i always 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 would tell clients when we first started working together is i'd say the first month of us working together is all data collection and i would always say you cannot complain about your weight in the first month because none of those weigh-ins are you cannot compare any of those weigh-ins to one another. So the way I always yeah. do weigh-ins is compare June 1 to July 1, compare July 1 to August 1, compare August 1, September 1, compare June 2nd to July 2nd, compare July 2nd to August 2nd, August 2nd to September 2nd. So for the whole first month, you're just getting your initial data points. And after that, then you can track the trend line from there. But it's so interesting to me because most people fail their nutrition plan in the first month. They quit within that first month. They might start it. Maybe they're strong week one, maybe even strong week two, but then they have a weight spike and they think they, they screwed everything up and then they say, screw it. So then they have some pizza and whatever it is and their weight goes up even more and then think they really screwed up and they quit. And it's all yeah. within the first 30 days. So I'm always saying you are not allowed to complain or even compare your weight within the first month that is completely and utterly irrelevant and i make that super clear in an email format and i make them reply saying they understand because i know 
one week, two weeks, three weeks in, they're going to be like, I feel like this isn't working. And I'll copy and paste that email. I'll say, do you remember this conversation? I'm going to start doing that. Do it. Do it. It's, it's really actually, good, yeah. you want to know a really, a really good trick to use. Yeah. I, I think too many coaches, listen, I, I spent years reading super training in the science and practice of strength training and reading all of like these super high, the, like the periodization for sports of all the super high level training textbooks and, and everything that you could ever imagine and, and deep in the science and deep in the literature. And I wouldn't change it because I think it, it massively benefited me. But if I was to try and help expedite the coaching process, the, the becoming a great coach as quickly as possible. I wouldn't recommend doing what I did. I think I took a very long route and I took the route that I thought was right by diving as deep as I possibly could into the science, as deep as I possibly could into the very complex systems in the literature and, and all the, all the books and all the research when I think I could have spent significantly less time on that. And while my knowledge wouldn't have been as deep, the most important knowledge you can have is the knowledge of how to actually work with and coach people. Right. And, and the biggest, so you're a, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? That's it. Yeah. You, if a chain has a weak link in it, that is the strongest it can possibly leak. Cause as soon as that breaks, it's, it's all gone. The weakest part of most people's chain is consistency. So you can study periodization, you can study high level nutrition, you can get all the certifications you want, you can learn how to assess people, you can learn movement, you can learn anatomy and physiology. But if you do not address the mental and emotional side of training and nutrition and fitness, and if you don't understand behavioral health psychology, then that is always the weakest part of the, the link. And that will always be broken first before you can even get people to a point in which your programming periodization really matters. Yeah, because I suppose you could you could know it all, but if you can't relate that to your clients, what's the point of knowing it all? Like James, That's exactly right. Like the, the the man himself, James Smith. Like he says, all these Insta people are like they look great, but that's one percent of the world that looks that good, and they're probably as boring as fuck. That have no personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's a challenge in itself, really. Um, what was I going to say? Your, oh, your challenges. So what, your most recent one was the carnivore. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which was a struggle by all means, I'd say, was it? That was awful. That was truly horrendous in every way, shape, and form. Um, I'll spare like the really, really in-depth details, but we'll <laughs> say that a diet that has literally zero fiber does not feel good when you're using the bathroom. It yeah. was absolutely awful. It was significantly more awful than I expected. And if it takes very small amount of research to go online, look it up and get other people's experiences with it. You'll see very quickly, like people talk about how absolutely horrendous it is. Like it feels terrible. And a lot of the hardcore carnivore proponents will say, you should have given it more time. Like after a while, your body adapts. I'm like, listen, there's an number one. I like vegetables. I'm going to eat them. I don't think any diet that tells you to eliminate fruits and vegetables and beans and lentils is a fucking good idea. I think it's a really stupid idea. Like it doesn't take much knowledge about nutrition to understand that. Not to mention, 
I mean, that that's really the sum and substance of it. But also not to mention, I think if you have to do a diet that takes you a month for your body to adapt to it, I don't think that's probably your best diet. It's like, I don't like think that's a good idea. Isn't it? The good it's just keto like, diet. it's awful. I, yeah. I don't, if you have, like, I think here's, here's a thing. If you are 400 pounds and you have to change your nutrition and you have to, you, you're changing your nutrition, changing your exercise, it's going to be hard and you're going to have to adapt to it. And I, but that's, I think a good adaptation. If you're already a very healthy individual, and you have to, and you're changing your diet, and your body has to adapt, and you have to go through hell in order for that to happen. That doesn't make much sense to me. To go from no. very unhealthy to healthy, yes, making new habits is always difficult. But to start at an already healthy point, and then change your diet, and have to go through hell in order to adapt to the new diet, that sounds fucking stupid. It's it's the lack of carbs that could that could kill me. Could not do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I live awful. off carbs. At the end of the day, if you cut carbs out, you're just cutting calories out. It's, That's it. That's really uh, it. It's so interesting. And the more, the more I, I grow on a platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, the more my audience knows and agrees with what I'm saying. Whenever I go to a new platform, I'm always reminded that there are a tremendous number of people who don't understand this. I just started posting on TikTok pretty recently and the number of people who are telling me that watermelon will make you fat, that not eating is going to put you in starvation mode, that carbs make you fat is astounding. It, it's crazy. And so, I mean, to every, any coach out there, if you're, if you're not, if you're not posting because you think everyone knows everything already, you're making a huge mistake. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's kind of like your, uh, your mini podcast, Jordan Stinks. Yeah, I love that exactly. podcast. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> it's so good because it is. It puts yourself out there to go. Okay, what don't you agree with? And then you right. go go through it, like like the carb thing or, um, God, there's so many of them now. But the carb the carb thing is a big big factor for people. Yeah, just tell them to try the keto diet. Come back to me in six weeks. <laughs> You gonna do it? You gonna do the challenge? <laughs> I couldn't. Absolutely not. I could do the Big Mac challenge. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, actually? Yeah. Yeah. The man that was. I think to date, it's the piece of content that I'm the most proud of. Um, basically, I've I've wanted to do a McDonald's challenge for years, for years and years and years. I remember in high school wanting to do that when I started to really learn about calories, uh, and I also. I've never liked supersize me. Supersize me always pissed me off. It always pissed me off because it was so biased and so narrative driven. And it was, I think it's very hard for people to see that. Yeah. I literally just saw an argument thread about that today on TikTok, actually, um, where there are a number of things he did wrong. Number one is, for example, he had to have everything on the menu, which is great. I think it's a really good way to, to – all right, I'm going to eat everything on the menu. But even once he had gotten everything on the menu, he deliberately ate the highest calorie, least nutrient-dense food on the entire menu. For example, if you look at the size of his drinks, he always got the so, biggest drinks, and they were all large, yeah. regular Coke. Yeah, It was like – 
dude, if you can get anything on the menu, then get the water. Like you don't have to get the giant Coke. You can drink a water with your meal that, or a diet Coke, God forbid. It's like, I very much believe his goal was to gain as much as possible in order to create a very scary picture of what McDonald's was like. Another thing is he was required by his own rules to say yes every time they ask him to supersize a meal. And I'm thinking, hold on. Whatever happened to being a responsible adult, and if they ask you do you want to do something, you can say, oh, no, no. I'm just going to have the regular size because I'm trying to watch my calories or I'm trying to make sure that I don't go overboard or whatever it is. It's like you don't have to say yes. And this was a huge focal – it was literally the title of the movie, yeah. Super Size. And it was <laughs> a, a massive focal point of the movie. They counted how many times over the course of 30 days they asked him to supersize it. It's like – all that shows is that every single time they asked you, you didn't have enough res- personal responsibility to say, you know what, I'm good. Thank you for asking, though. Like, like you said, though, his aim was to put on as much as he could. That's, that's it. Yeah. So, and, not, and then even on like the, the fourth or fifth day early on, he was eating and eating and eating. He, he got his breakfast. and It was a huge breakfast. And he was, he was in his car. And the cameraman was like, you don't look good. And he was like, I feel really bad, but I have to eat the whole thing. And he literally ate to the point of throwing up. And I'm like, Why? this is your, you, he said at the beginning, his goal was to mimic the average daily American diet and lifestyle. And I'm like, this doesn't mimic the average daily American diet or lifestyle. Most Americans are not eating at McDonald's three times a day. Most Americans are not required to say yes every time they ask to supersize it. Most Americans are not getting the largest size drink and always getting a Coke every single time. And not to mention, amidst all of this, he also radically reduced his activity. He stopped exercising completely, reduced his steps dramatically. And I'm like, if you wanted to show a fair version of what an American diet and lifestyle was like, Number one, I mean, maybe one meal a day at McDonald's, maybe two max, but take some more responsibility for what an average American would actually do. So my whole purpose was this. It wasn't to say that McDonald's is healthy because I don't think McDonald's is healthy. And it wasn't to say, I think you should eat Big Macs every day because I don't think anyone should eat Big Macs every day or even once a week. I just don't think that's something you should make a habit of. Yeah. But I wanted to show people that you can enjoy your favorite foods, whether it's a Big Mac or a Twinkie. I don't know whose favorite food is a Twinkie, but let's just say it is. Big Mac or Twinkies <laughs> or cheesecake or carrot cake or pie or pizza, whatever it is, you can enjoy it in moderation and not not only not ruin your progress, you can actually continue to make progress. So I eat one Big Mac a day every day for 30 days as part of my diet. It's not all that I ate, but I ate one Big Mac a day every day for 30 days and I lost seven pounds in the process and people lost their shit. Yeah, it's it's that thing that people automatically would think, oh, McDonald's bad. Yeah, it's bad, but it's in moderation. Moderation is the key word, I suppose. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. And and nothing in isolation is inherently bad. Nothing. Yeah. Why? Like, how far in were you when you got sick of the burgers? Several days. I was about, I think it was like four or five days in. There's, we have footage of it. Four or five days in. I'm looking at Rico right now. I was like, how long was it? Uh, I think four go? days in. I was, <laughs> uh, he just waved. Um, I think it was about four days in. And the issue, it wasn't that I was sick of the burgers because they were always, I mean, there were two times that the Big Mac didn't taste good. 
and we stopped going to that McDonald's. We know all the McDonald's in New York now. We're like McDonald's <laughs> There must be a few of them, right? Yeah. But the Times Square one is phenomenal. It's super good. And uh, the burgers were always great, but it's, it's small. It's 540 calories. It's yeah. not that much. And uh, I'm a small guy. I'm five foot four. Like I'm 154 pounds to 154.6 today. So 540 calories takes up a significant portion of my daily intake. So I didn't get tired of the burgers as much as I got tired of having to really restrict myself. And I'll also say, I think it's important to note, I knew that if over the course of that month, I lost three pounds, people wouldn't have cared. People are like, all right, you lost three pounds in a month. Like it's, it could have been a mistake. It could have been a poop, could have been whatever. Like it's yeah. not that, it's not that big of a deal. So I deliberately made sure that I lost a significant amount of weight. I made sure that I lost seven pounds. So I put myself in a pretty significant calorie deficit just to show people that this is how it works. This is the truth. And I, I did that knowing that if I didn't lose very much, people wouldn't have cared as much. So I think that's important for me to note and to be honest about, but it, that's just the truth. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you any um, more challenges on the way? Don't give it away now yeah. if you don't need to. So, <laughs> so we, we did the carnivore and then I did the 300 pushups a day challenge. Yes. Um, and so we're literally finalizing up the YouTube video for that today, uh, today, tomorrow. Um, and then, so hopefully that'll be live next week. So, basically a whole discussion on 300 pushups a day. Um, then right now, as you know, I'm doing my mini cut and just based on the responses from it, the, we're definitely going to, excuse me, we're definitely going to make a video on that because I'm keeping it a secret. I've told the inner circle, but I'm not, I haven't told anyone else. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not actually counting my calories for this one. I'm not tracking my calories. Okay. I'm using, I'm doing something different. And, uh, I want to show people how I did that. And I want because so much of my content is based around calories and calorie counting. But I've always said that regardless of whether or not you count your calories, your calories always count. And I know there yeah. are a significant number of people out there who they just don't want to count calories. And oftentimes if they see my content, they might think, well, if they're not willing to count calories and it won't work, it's like, that's not true. It's not necessarily about actually counting them as much as it is about understanding that you're having a large portion and you need to understand how to control that. So being aware of what you're eating, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably, I'll, when I lose 10 total pounds, I'll probably, I'll reassess if I want to keep going with it or not. And we'll also probably make a video based on that. Awesome. Um, speaking of calories just quickly, um, people like I was reading this thing yesterday <laughs> that, um, I was this trainer. He was like, I don't want, I wouldn't expect people to count calories 52 weeks of the year. And either would I, what would your, would you have a recommendation on how many weeks or is it just being, do a few weeks, be aware of what you're eating and learn from it and go from there. It's uh, entirely up to the individual. I have, yeah. I know some people, I know some people who tend to be a little bit more type a personality who are numbers people, like for my buddy, Mike Vacanti, he, he has an app called Mike's Macros. He literally earlier today, or no, yesterday, I said yesterday, around this time yesterday, I was like, have you had a lot of protein yet? And he was like, yeah, I've had 110 grams. Just he like knew right straight off, off. He knew immediately. So he always tracks and he's, he always is just aware of it because he's done it for so long and he enjoys it. Yeah. And I mean, it shows he maintains a six pack year round pretty easy. So 
for some people, if you enjoy it, great. Like I wouldn't tell Mike, Hey, you know, that's really unhealthy because he's doing it in a very healthy way. But on the other hand, other people who take it to an extreme, who get obsessive compulsive about it or get anxiety about it, I would say, listen, I think it's important to do it for at least 30 days of your life just to understand, just so you yeah. have a knowledge base. Then after that, if you don't want to do it anymore, you don't have to. I will say that I think counting your calories for two weeks every six months or even just one week every six months is a, is a good reminder for what a portion size actually looks like. Yeah, yeah, because that's, um, that's something that I would do actually with some of my clients. Like I wouldn't even give them a calorie number to start with. I'm just like, come back, to me, count your calories, come back to me. And even I'll get a message two days later and they're like, oh, I didn't realize I, that was in that or how much am I eating? And yeah, exactly. Yep. For, um, for someone who's struggling to lose weight, they obviously they say they're counting calories, but they mightn't be counting correctly. Is there any way to push them on a little bit or what are they doing wrong? Yeah. So it's a really good question. There are many options here, right? So the first option is someone who's doing everything right. They're tracking their calories. They're eating in a calorie deficit and they say they're not losing weight. And I'm going to say this one first, because this is, I think one of the most common, they say they're not losing weight, but they actually are. They're just being impatient, right? So they expect to be losing a certain amount within the first week. And this is why I always say you cannot compare any of your weigh-ins until after the first month of weigh-ins. And from there, you can only compare each 30 days. So June 1 to, Ju to July 1, July 1 to August 1, et cetera. Yeah. So I think this is the most important for me to say off the bat because if you're actually being consistent and you're actually in a calorie deficit and you're doing everything right, a lot of people think they're not losing weight when the reality is they are. They're just not being patient enough. So that's number one. Number two is a lot of people who think they're being very consistent are not as consistent as they think they are. So one of my favorite recommendations is get a calendar, not on your phone, just a real calendar, get one out. And for every day that you hit your calories on point and hit your protein on point, put a red X on the calendar. For every day that you go over your calories, I don't care if it's over by 50 or 25 calories. If you go over, it's a black circle. At the end of the month, look back at how many days you were either on point or over. And now you have a very clear idea of objectively what percentage you were consistent with your nutrition. So you can say, all right, if, if you have 17 red X's on your calendar, that is, that is, I don't know the exact percentage, but that's maybe around 70 or 65%. Yeah. It's like, in order to be 80% consistent, you have to get at least 24 days per month. Yeah. So 24 days at, at your calories or below. So it's like, if you got an 80, that's 80% consistent. If you got an 80 on a test at school, that's a B minus. If you got a B minus, like you're never, not the best in class. You're not, you're, not, you're not getting an award. You're not winning. You're not like going to be valedictorian. It was a B minus. Like, great, you passed, but it wasn't great. So now in order to get slow, okay results, you have to be get at least 24 days, right? So if you if you're 20 if you're 80 percent consistent, don't expect to get the the amount of progress that someone who's 98 percent consistent is actually yeah, going to get. Yeah. You have to be super because that's the other issue is people are they compare their, themselves to everyone else. They're like, well, Judy lost eight pounds and I only lost 
two pounds. It's like, yeah, well, Judy also doesn't have two kids. Judy also, is, she works out like six times a week. And Judy is also 98% consistent and you are 76% consistent. So it makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Um, one last thing. I'll leave you go then. Um, have you like three main fat loss tips? I would say everything I've said is yeah. definitely that, you know, I would say obviously calorie deficit, number one. Um, if you don't know how many calories to eat, you can go to my YouTube channel. I have a, a calorie calculator on my YouTube channel. It tells you exactly how much to eat. Um, I would say, you know, protein, super important. And yeah. in that video, it will tell you exactly how much protein to get. Uh, and then I would say um, you can't fuck this up. I think that's the the other most important tip where it's, and that was, I'm glad you brought that up first because the only way to fail is if you quit altogether and you will mess up. You will make mistakes. You will go off track. You will have days in which you go over your calories, but it doesn't matter as long as you get back on track. Jordan, you're an absolute legend. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I'm glad we were able to do this. Uh, definitely. I'll be off to New York when we're allowed to travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, get over here. We'd love to see you. I can't wait to get on a plane and go somewhere. Have you anything that you're going to do as soon as normality resumes? Man, live freely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really it. I live freely and, and, you know, there's so much there's so many issues with what's going on right now. And, you know, it, there's just so many issues there. I feel terrible for all the people who've been negatively impacted by Corona, all the people and the families who, who've lost a loved one as a result of it. And I also feel terribly for all of the people who've uh, lost their businesses. They've lost yeah. their businesses. They're, they're, they've lost their income They're I feel terribly for the, the kids who can't go to school and might be stuck at home with an abusive parent. Right. I like there's so many issues with what's going on right now. And and I think, you know, some like it's beyond terrible how many people have lost their lives as a result of it. But, you know, it, I've always said like when when you see on the news someone gets murdered, right? Someone you see someone or maybe like there's a drunk driver. Someone's drunk yeah. driving, they get in an accident, and the drunk driver tragically kills someone, right? Two lives were ruined that night. Obviously the innocent person who was killed and the drunk driver, like their life is, their life is ruined. Yeah. They're going to prison. And so I think the people who lost their lives from this, you know, it's tragic and awful and, and their lives were lost and their families are deeply hurt by it. And I feel for them. And I also deeply feel for the people. And I have friends who they've lost their gyms. They've lost their, they've lost their businesses. They like are having trouble feeding their families. So it's uh, I'm just anxiously anticipating living freely and getting back to where we were and hopefully beyond that yeah well said it is it's a tough time out there but hopefully we are getting back to normality and everyone stays safe from now on anyway and you look after yourself likewise man thank you so much have thank a good so let me know when, when this is up send me the link when it's all when it's all done and uh and i'll share it on my story and everything so for people can can hear it and listen to it and hold you accountable to keep doing more podcasts oh god no <laughs> <laughs> man thank you so much i'll talk to you soon all right my man i love you i'll talk to you See soon you later good luck bye-bye